know, so often September, for many people, seasons a new beginning. Seasons a fresh start, as it were. The summer holidays have gone. We thought autumn had arrived a few days ago. And then all of a sudden, summer's back again amongst us. But for lots of people, September signifies a new start, signifies a new season. And I really want to proclaim over the life of our church today that I believe that this is a new season in God. I don't believe that what happened just a few moments ago was just a spur of the moment, as it were. But I believe that what happened then was signifying that there is a new season, there's a new time, there's a new start in God. And that causes an excitement to rise in within me today because I believe that God is a God of fresh beginnings. That he's a God of freshness, that he's a God who does new things. Behold, I am doing a new thing. And I believe that God is speaking over the life of us, his church, over his people right now. And he wants to declare that over us today. That it is a new season, that it is a fresh start, it's a new beginning in God. Not only for us as individuals, but for us collectively together. The truth is that it's so often it's so easy to keep on doing what has always been done. And never take time to evaluate and take time to really ask the questions about where we're at and where we're going. In other words, to take something of a, a spiritual stock take and find out where are we right now. And behind the scenes over the past number of months now, there's been some conversations that have been taking place amongst us as a leadership. And in many ways, what we've been seeking to do is ask some big and at times some difficult questions. Questions that sometimes leave us with more questions than they do answers. And the reality is that we haven't got all the answers to all the questions that we've been asking behind, as it were, doors. The thing that we really feel that right now is that God is calling us to a particular time, to a particular moment and a particular season in him. That God is calling us, as it were, to a reset moment in him. A moment where we call a reset moment. A moment where we go back, as it were, to, to move back into our original plan and the original purpose for which God has called us for this time. Lots of times when it comes up on our phones, you want to reset it. There's a nervousness about us. Because we think we're going to lose all of our photographs. We're going to lose all of our contacts and everything else. But sometimes we have to press the reset button on our phones. Sometimes we have to do it on our computer to go back to the original settings. And there's a real sense within us right now that we're at that point. That we're at a point where we're, that we believe that God is calling us to say, this is a moment to press reset. That this is a time to go back to your original, the original place and the original position and the original purpose for which I've called you and for which I've ordained you to be. To be a people who are just not wide in impact and influence. You know, over the past few years, we haven't gone looking for it. But God has done some amazing things that God has opened some incredible doors for us to impact communities that were never on our agenda, but they were on God's agenda. 
And God has allowed us to impact those communities. We thank God for that. That God has widened our influence of impact right across different communities, right across here in the north of Birmingham. And we believe there's still more to come. But I want to tell you, church, today that we believe that God wants us not only to be wide in our impact and in our influence, but also he wants us to be deep in our intimacy with God and our identity in him. And we believe that God is calling us to that moment right now. That God is calling us to be a people who will go deeper in our intimacy with him. Who will go deeper in our identity in him. That all we are flows out of our intimacy. That all that we do flows out of our identity in the Lord Jesus Christ and not the other way around. And if ever there was a time for us to go deeper in our relationship with Christ, there's a sense within us that we feel the time is now. There's a real sense within us that this is a time for us to go back to basics. It's time to go back to the things that we did at first, to go back, as it were, to our first love with Jesus Christ. And it's truly as we do this that we will go deeper with him and in him. In other words, we'll move to a new place of intimacy, a new place of identity in God. And this has been a conversation that we've been having for a number of months And as I stand here today, I said to uh, Pastor Sarah just a couple of days ago, I'm really conscious that we've been in a conversation for months and we don't expect everybody to get it right away today because we've been spending hours, days as it were, thinking, talking through these things, praying through them. But we really pray today that something of what we feel and sense that God has been speaking on to us will identify with many of you here in this place today. That yes, that God is calling us to go deeper in our relationship with him. That he's calling us to go back to a place of greater intimacy where we flow out of our identity within the Lord Jesus Christ. There are a couple of passages that we really feel and really sense that God has been speaking to us out of. One is found in Revelation and chapter 2. If you've got your Bible, let's turn to it right now. Revelation and chapter 2. Last week, Sarah actually referred to this during her preaching time. But Revelation and chapter 2, and I'm going to read from verse 1. Where it says there, write to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This says the one who holds the seven stars in the right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor and your endurance and that you cannot tolerate evil people. You've tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and have found them to be liars. I know that you've persevered and endured hardship for the sake of my name and have not grown weary. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love that you had at first. Remember then how far you've fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And there's a real sense within us that this is one of the scriptures, one of the passages that we sense that God has called us to. To to look at this passage, to see how God has called us to that place that is deeper. 
And over these next three months, um, leading up to December, we're going to be in a series that is simply called Deeper. But we believe that it's not so much a series as it is a season. That what we proclaim on a Sunday will be all to do with our, will be to do with our intimacy, going deeper in our intimacy with him. We're about going deeper in our identity in him. It'll be about being filled with the spirit of God and going deeper in our relationship with God himself. But it's not just about a series, but rather it is a season. And my desire for myself today, my desire for every single one of us is that we truly fall more in love with Jesus than we've ever done before. That we fall more in love with Jesus than we've ever done before. And that actually worship, which is not only about the songs that we sing, the words that we proclaim, it's about the whole of our lives, will not be something that people have to seek to wind up, as it were. We won't have to wind up praise, but actually, whenever we gather together as the people of God, there is a shout of praise in the place. There is times of absolute quietness and silence as we are in reverent awe of the majesty and the the magnificence of God because we've fallen more and more in love with Jesus. That is not just about a place where we come and look around and spectate what everybody else is doing, but actually we're not caring about what anybody else is doing because our focus and our attention is totally on encountering the Lord Jesus Christ, the Alpha and the Omega. That is totally about him rather than about anybody else. That we're in that place of so in love with Jesus that our hearts are bursting with gratitude for him. That we'd be a people who never lose sight of God's amazing love for us. And that our lives are completely and absolutely compelled by the love of God. In Revelation chapter 2, we see there how in many ways the church of Ephesus was called to what we're declaring a reset moment. What words were spoken to the church at Ephesus, that in the first place were words of commendation that came to them. In verses 2 and 3, we read there how, how the angel speaks and says, I know your works, your labor and your endurance, and that you have cannot tolerate evil people. You've tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you have found them to be liars. I know that you've persevered and endured hardships for the sake of my name and have not grown weary. What words of commendation they were for the church at Ephesus. It talks about their good deeds. It talks about their hard work. It talks about their perseverance. It talks about how they endured hardships and they had not grown weary, but they kept on going. They were a good people. They were people of good deeds. They were people that when the hardships came, they didn't simply give in. When the, when the going get tough, they kept on persevering. And the words come to them and says, I know your good deeds. They were words of commendation. And I truly believe that in many ways that those words of commendation are true for us today. For the church, Elim Life Church, I believe that God would speak to us today and that God would say, I know your good deeds. 
I'm so glad that God has called us not to be a church that simply exists for the members inside the building. But rather our primary purpose is not for ourselves, but rather it's for lost and dying world out there who are going to a lost eternity. And that God sees our good deeds today. And I'm not going to start to mention different ministries because I'll forget one ministry and later you'll come to me and say, but what about this ministry? Listen, it doesn't matter what I, what I declare over it. It matters what God declares over it. And the truth is that God sees our good deeds today. That God has seen how we have persevered for many, many years, how we've kept on going. He's seen our hard work. And I believe there is a commendation that comes down from heaven today. And I want to congratulate every single person today who's done all that they can to reach our community with the love and the life of God. That today God salutes you today. And God says, well done. You've done an amazing job. It's an amazing thing that you've done, that you haven't so much lived for yourself, but rather you've lived beyond self. You've lived for those people around about you, that you've kept on going even in the midst of hardship. That I know there are people today that even though you've experienced ill health, even though some of you've lost loved ones, even though some of your, your homes have been broken for a whole lot of different reasons, you've kept on with the plans and the purpose of God. I congratulate you today. I commend you today for that, for how you have endured. I'm going to try and be quick today, so please, we're moving on. We move on in verse 5. We see there not so much words of of commendation, but rather words of complaint. Actually, not verse 5, but verse 4, sorry. It says there, but I have this against you. You abandoned the love you had at first. It says in the NIV, yet I hold this against you. You've forsaken your first love. New Living Translation version puts it this way. I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. What a thing for God to speak to the church at Ephesus. These people that had persevered, these people who had been involved with so much good deeds and, and even in the midst of hardship, but kept on going. And yet here God speaks to the church at Ephesus and says, yet I hold this against you. I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. And as the church at Ephesus received that letter, there was a time when they had to examine their own lives. To hear those words being spoken, I'm sure that it must be something that would have hit them between the eyes, as it were. It would have been something that would have pierced their hearts. And I want to say today that I honestly believe that in this season right now that God is asking us to examine our own lives. That God is asking us as a local church here today to examine our own lives. That have we forsaken our first love? Do we love Jesus as much today as we did yesterday? Do we love Jesus as much today as when we first fell in love with him? Do we love Jesus today as much as that first day when we met him on the whatever road we were on? For Paul, he was on the road to Damascus. 
For those people that graduated last night, they were on the, the road to death. Whatever road you were on and you encountered Jesus, be it at home in the privacy of your bedroom or be it in a church service like this, are you as much in love with Jesus today as you was on that day? The New Living Translation says, I hold this against you because you don't only not love me as much as you used to, but you don't love people as much as you used to. And the reality is that we can take our temperature of how much we love God, of how much we love people. Because the two go hand in hand together. I've met people who said, I love God, but I love people. What a load of rubbish. You cannot love God and love people. If you love God, you love people. Because God is love. And love flows out of our lives. And I believe that God is calling us to a moment right now, a reset moment, a place where we need to go deeper and that God calls us to ask the question today of ourselves. Have I forsaken my first love? It's a tough question. And I really pray that God by his Holy Spirit today will cause us to to press reset, as it were, to pause the moment and say, God, where am I today? Because I've been doing this, I've been doing that, I've been doing the other. But what is my reason for doing this, that and the other? Is it in order to gain your approval? Is it in order to gain your love? Because let me tell you right now, there's nothing that we can do to make God love us more. There's nothing that you and I can do to make God love us more. You can give all your money to the poor. You can do, give all your time and everything else, but it's not going to change the fact that God is totally and absolutely in love with you and with me. He loves us no matter what. And so we have to change from that place. Hey, you know, the, uh, the honest thing is, it's so easy to simply drift. And before we know it, we can be so far from where we were before. That very often it doesn't happen overnight, but it takes weeks, it takes months, and sometimes it takes years for us to drift. To drift away from that first love, from that place where we're totally and absolutely in love with Jesus, the love of our souls. As many of you know, a few weeks ago, it seems like an eternity ago now, but a few weeks ago we were in France. And um, on the Sunday before we left, a place called the Dordogne, which I now found out floods hit there a few days after we left that place. But on that Sunday, I took Hope. For those who don't know, Hope is Hope is our youngest daughter who um, is just free. And I took Hope in the river Dordogne. And we were swimming in the river. It was great. I was loving it. I'm glad that mom wasn't looking at the time because we got into some quite fast currents, as it were. And we were floating down the river. She had a rubber ring on and her armbands and her vest in case anybody's worried about her safety. We are caring parents. You don't need to call social services, honestly. But the reality was that this river was sweeping us away. Before I know it, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Hope's not bubbling. She's like, woo. 
he's great dad, you know. But you know what I had to do as a dad? I had to get the rubber ring. I had to keep dragging her back. Keep dragging her back. Keep pulling her back to the place where we started off in the river. And I'm so glad that God is our heavenly father. And the reason why he speaks words of commendation over our lives is because he loves us. The reason why at times he may bring a complaint, as it were, to our lives is because he loves us. The reason why he comes and he corrects us is because he loves us, because he wants to draw us back. He wants to draw us back. And the reality is I can't stand here today and say, as somebody who's been a pastor now for, wow, that's a long time, 24 years. I cannot say that in 24 years of being a pastor of a local church that there hasn't been times in my life where I have forsaken my first love. The reality is there have been times when that's been the case. There's been times when I haven't been so much in love with Jesus than I was as a nine-year-old lad who accepted Jesus into my heart and my life. As somebody got baptized in the Spirit of God at the age of 10, there's times when I, I remember how I was so in love with Jesus. And there's been times when I haven't been in that place. And there's times when I've, I've drifted for a whole lot of different reasons. And sometimes maybe good reasons as it were, what I thought were good reasons. But the truth is, it's never a good reason if it draws us away from our first love. No matter what it may be. But I'm so glad that the heart of Father God has been so tender towards me. That he's come and spoken to me by the voice of of his Holy Spirit and and drew me back in such an incredible way. And that's what it says to the church at Ephesus and brings words of correction. It says this in verse 5, repent and do the things that you did at first. said to the church at Ephesus, Good deeds, fantastic. Hardship, perseverance, fantastic. But let me just bring this complaint. You've forsaken your first love. And then speaks into their lives and said, this is what you need to do. You need to repent. You need to come before God and say, God, I'm really sorry that I've turned away from my first love. I'm really sorry that I've, I've, I've glided away. And God, I repent of that right now. So God, I'm turning back to you. I'm turning back to the one who is the love of my souls. I'm coming back, God. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And I'm so glad that as we walk back to God, if we draw close to God, that he will draw near to us. And we're walking back. It's the, it's the picture of the father who comes out and meets the prodigal son who's wandered astray. And he welcomes us back with open arms. And you may say today, but I haven't gone and squandered my wealth. I haven't gone and really gone totally away from God. Listen, it doesn't matter how far we've gone. It matters that we've gone a little bit. And God says, come back, come back, come back. And what did it say to the church at Ephesus? It says, repent and do the things you did at first. Repent and do the things that you did at first. For me, Jonathan Skelton, I remember the young lad in the bedroom, and what it meant for me to be so in love with Jesus. I remember what it meant for me to be so in love with Jesus that actually in my school, it didn't matter what anybody else thought about Jesus. I'm talking to him about Jesus. It didn't matter at times that I got beaten up, literally got beaten up 
because as a follower of Jesus, I said, I don't care because I'm not ashamed of Jesus. He's the love of my soul. I won't say it then because I was only young, but I say, I love Jesus, man. I don't care what you think. I love Jesus. And go back and do the things you did at first. The church at Ephesus, that meant that they would be totally and absolutely back to a place of devotion before God. That there'd be a people of prayer, there'd be a people that would continue fellowship, that would continue to break bread, would be a people that continually got into the, the word of God as it were. That's what it meant for them. And the reality is for all of us, I ask the question today, what does it mean for us to go back and do what we did at first? What does it mean to do that? Because the reality is that what fueled the fire then will still fuel the fire today. What fueled the fire then, I haven't got that on my notes, but will fuel the fire today. And it's all the other stuff that's got in and it's caused the the fire, as it were, to, to dwindle. But the reality is by repenting, we say we're getting that stuff out of the fire, as it were. We're getting shot of that stuff. And what we're going to do is we're going to put some fuel for the fire today. And that means that, yes, we get back into fellowship one with each other. I know it's something that's happening right across the church today. But why does it have to be in King Standing where people only attend a building like this once a month? If you only attend once a month, I'm glad you attend once a month. But folks, come on. I want to tell you, if you want to keep on fire, if you want the love of God to really be there, remember what you did at first. Remember the times when you were hungry for every single meeting that was going on in the house of God that you could not stay away. Okay, there's not many amens to that. But isn't that the way it used to be? You know, we've got new converts around here and sometimes, I'm going to just share my heart right now, I'm embarrassed. I'm a little bit embarrassed because sometimes they're like, well, what's going on this week? And I'm like, "Um, we've got a prayer meeting. Oh, yeah, um, we've got, yeah, oh, yeah, oh. At first, remember those days when we used to be so in love with Jesus that, It was whatever it was. And the reality is that it's different for all of us. There's some things that we have to repent and we need to do as we did at first. And for some of you right now, some of those things are registering with you. They're registering around God's word. They're registering around around prayer. They're registering around fellowship with the people of God. They're registering about getting to whatever you can get to. I know we've got families, I know we've got work and we need to have a balance in all this stuff. Don't get me wrong what I'm saying today. And it's not all about, about being at something, it's about, it's about being in him, it's about resting in him. But if you're passionate about something, you want to, if you're passionate about it, you want to watch it, you want to be there, you want to be part of it, as it were. You know, when you came in today, you'd have received a a little envelope. And in that envelope is a little card. If you could have the slide up for me, please, if you can. And it simply asks the question today, how will you respond? How will I respond? 
today there's some people, I look right across the place right now and I think, you've probably got something of what I've said today. There's other people and you're like, what on earth is he on about? That's okay. It's really okay. You know why? And I'm so easy about that so often. It's because God's just called me to be a postman. Literally a postman. And deliver whatever I felt God had to say. 